This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Kind of like Goldberg, Brandy has like an aura. Kind of like Damien Priest. He has like the dude just has an People have auras. I don't know what my aura is. I don't know if I have one. Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves, and I have never, ever in my life been more comfortable for an episode of After the Bell than I am today. We've got one half of the Raw Tag Team Champions, Riddle, joining the show. Next week, we're going to do something different for you. Cue up your WWE Network on Peacock. We are going to revisit, review, and make all of the fun of the event that was Fall Brawl 95 war games get ready for that next week but before we get there i need to introduce my co-captain for this journey he is nowhere near as comfortable as i am but he remains the larry flint to my hugh hefner he is the voice of nxt 2.0 vic joseph i love the fall brawl uh thing we're gonna do and we sit back and we get to watch it and relive what happened during our younger years but i have to ask you are you in the playboy mansion what in the hell are you wearing Unfortunately, I am not in the Playboy Mansion. I am in the Corey Graves official ATB bunker, i.e. my incomplete basement. But I have never felt better, Vic. Have you ever in your life owned satin pajamas? I can honestly say no, nor have I ever wanted to. But I know you've been wearing those things for at least 48, I, 72 I, straight I, I hours. I think I am, I am definitely approaching the 72-hour the mark, and I regret nothing. I have showered in between right back into the satin. This is how I exist now. This is my new vibe. This is my milieu. If you ever come to an event at my house, if you ever come to visit me to watch a game or just socialize, I will most likely be wearing exactly what I'm wearing now, black satin pajamas. And I'm not changing. I might wear these to Raw, Vic. Have you ever owned satin pajamas? No, I've never owned satin pajamas. Well, let me tell you this. I feel I need you to text me your address. I will send them to you. They'll probably be about nine inches too short because you're 24 feet tall. But every person on earth should know the pleasure and joy that I am feeling and have felt for the last two days. I, I can't take my eyes off you, to be honest. 
I, I mean, I feel I'm a little great. stunned right now. I feel I feel creative. I feel energetic. I feel, I feel like you're a drug lord in a in a movie from the '90s. Like Listen, you're just gonna like stand if the up. Feds and- rolled into my house right now for some reason, and this is how it all ended. I look the part. I mean, look, I, your hair's done. It's fact. falling it's, in your face, and like, yeah, I if mean, you're watching it, you look you look relaxed. I feel great. I feel relaxed. I feel well rested. And I, I've been so relaxed for these last two days. I've just been enjoying my time. I haven't had any goals. I haven't had anything uh, urgent to accomplish. So I spent a lot of time enjoying sports entertainment, particularly what stands out to me. Again, third week in a row. Vic, I'm still all in on the NXT 2.0 train. Well, what stood out this week to you watching from home? I enjoyed the entire show, just start to finish. It was fresh. It was different. I'm seeing new superstars. Starting off the night with Hit Row, I mean, come on. That's, that's you know, a show after my own heart. You know how I think the world of the, that, that crew and how entertaining they are. I, I just think start to finish, it was different. There were some rough spots. It's raw, not like Monday uh, Night Monday, Raw. Yeah. Like raw, molded clay, like just just lumps of clay waiting to be created and molded into superstars. And I love seeing development and growth. And even in a, a few short weeks, I, I was enamored by Braun Breaker at the first night we saw him. And in two weeks, now Braun Breaker, we know who he is. We know what he's about. We know he wants the NXT championship. I'm in. I just love it. It just feels fresh. And you had uh, three championship matches, no disqualification match. And that's what's cool to me is it seems that every match is meaningful because some of them are newer talent, for lack of a better phrase, that you're trying to latch on to, that you're trying to open up eyes to, to an audience. And it gives us as announcers some creative freedom to tell stories. And there's guys that are going to be hits. There's guys going to be misses. There were guys that main event spot, women's match was awesome. Opening match, no disqualification was awesome. Joe Gacy sitting in the middle of the ring, cutting a 15-second Promo is about five minute promo, but it's getting people to talk. People are chatting up a storm. People are chatting. People are telling stories. Speaking of stories, we've got half of the Raw Tag Team Champions. Riddle will be joining the show here in moments. No doubt. I want to get Riddle's thoughts on NXT 2.0, but you hit the nail on the head. A guy that I was buzzing about this morning after I woke up, Joe Gacy. Joe Gacy caught the world's attention, right, wrong, or indifferent, had the internet ablaze beyond the sports entertainment bubble. I'm talking actual news sites were covering Joe Gacy. It's controversial. You can feel about it however you want, whether you like it, you hate it, but watching him do what he did and listening, I love the dichotomy because what he is saying is peaceful. He is giving a peaceful message, a a message of tolerance, but his delivery is such that you just want to smack him in the mouth and go, don't tell me how to live my life. I think it's really unique. I think it's current. It's modern. It's going to get under a lot of people's skin. It's going to piss a lot of people off. But guess what? That's the point. Some of the greatest characters in the history of the world, the Attitude Era in particular, was a reflection of what was going on in society at the time. Are they parodies? Yes. Are you giving them the full spectrum of what that issue is or that that situation is? Not always. You cherry pick. You take, oh, for, for how many decades you had a foreign bad guy in sports entertainment, right? Not just WWE, any company. You had an evil Iron Russian. And you've had the Iron Sheik. And you've Volkoff, had, yeah. Exactly. There, a litany of, there was always some sort of conflict. Wherever the conflict was with the United States at that time, generally you would see a bad guy, uh, you know, representing the opposition in some, some point. 
So that that mentality has changed. That sort of uh, xenophobic issue, thankfully, as a society, we've kind of gotten away from that right. for the most part. So you can't do that anymore. So you become creative and you evolve with the times and you realize, hey, whichever side of the split you fall on, there's an undeniable split in the country, in the world right now. Politics are, are all over the place. Everybody is on edge about something. There's sort of a tribalism uh, amongst society. So you you just take that reflection and you say, hey, here's a, a, a character representing a fraction or an idea of society, and here it is. And now let the fans do what they want with it. Who knows? People may decide that Joe Gacy is the most entertaining, wonderful. He may be a, a huge, good guy, superstar. Just as likely, a lot of people are going to go, oh, my God, it reminds me of my neighbor. I want to smack him in the mouth. Like, I, I just think it's it's such a cool it's a bit of a throwback. As modern as the character is, it's sort of a throwback. It's just this little, tiny, minute aspect of society that you crank up to 11 and see what happens. I hope we see a little more of this. I, I'm intrigued, if nothing else. You might see more. Who, who the hell knows? He, his contract might get selected by Raw during this draft process this weekend, and he could show up on Mondays, and then you might have a new best friend to talk to in the locker room. I mean, I don't, I don't know if we're going to be best friends. I just, I enjoy what he's doing on screen. That's what I was hoping you'd say because I think deep down you do miss me. Moving on, though, from more things from NXT 2.0, you talk about the small area of society. Let's talk about the analogy we always use, ice cream, when it comes to NXT. All these different flavors. Joe Gacy's a different flavor. L.A. Knight's a different flavor. Gonzalez is a different flavor. Andre Chase is a different flavor. Oh, that's Bo another is one. A different Chase. Wait, wait, I'm going to stop you. Andre Chase. And again, now, I don't know most of these guys. I haven't spent as much time, particularly recently, around NXT or the Performance Center as you have. You get to interact with these guys and girls regularly. Uh, so I'm seeing a lot of these people for the very first time. And Andre Chase was another one. To me, it, it, it feels a little bit of a throwback and I don't mean that in the best way as far as gimmicky with the the college frat boy look I don't necessarily know that I love him competing in a sweater and slacks but I'm it's not about me it's not what about, about what Corey Graves likes what he did do was make me full-blown belly laugh out loud I was laying in bed watching NXT and Big Boa kicked Andre Chase out of the ring in what was absolutely violent looking chaos. I mean, he took this nasty spill through the ropes to the floor, popped up immediately and screamed at Boa, you son of a bitch. And I don't know why, but it broke me. I had tears in my eyes laughing because it just seemed so absurd that after getting kicked really hard, spilling to the outside in a really gnarly looking manner that you would expect him to be, you know, half crippled, Instead, he just pops up and swears at Boa. And I don't know why that choice of, of insult made me laugh so hard. But that was the highlight to me. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can be like heard on video because my better half was filming something else. And that happened. And I started just laughing hysterically. And you could hear me in the background just chuckling because Andre It takes Chase a lot to get Corey Graves to belly laugh. He laughs, he chuckles, he smiles, but to belly laugh is a very rare occurrence. I've only seen a few times in the last five yeah, years. So, so kudos to Andre Chase for, uh, for that little moment. I know it probably wasn't expected to be the highlight. That was my takeaway from the Andre Chase match was his insult of Big Boa, and it was very, very fun. Well, hopefully he's listening. I got to sit back this week and enjoy Monday Night Raw. Look, it has been a Wait, let me ask you week. this. Let me stop you. Yeah. Did you get to enjoy Monday Night Raw in satin pajamas? 
No, I don't own a pair of satin pajamas. I've okay, never worn well, I'm satin. just saying, I've I'm just never asking worn silk. you again. I know we've established that you don't own them. I'm just doubling down that whatever you're about to say would have been exponentially better if you had been wearing satin pajamas. Next week, I'm going to wear some sort of pajamas for this show. If it ain't satin, you're missing the boat, man. Well, I, I don't think I have satin pajamas. I can, can't get satin pajamas that quick. You ordered You yours, can. You I got not? them on Amazon in two days. Okay, well, point proven. Maybe I will try to order some satin pajamas for next week's edition of After the Bell. That being said, no, I was not wearing satin pajamas, but I was sitting on my couch. I did get to grill on Monday. Look at you right now. For people that are able to watch this show, you're just sitting back. I wish you had a a little bit of a, a cigar in your one hand and a little bit of your favorite whiskey in the other because this would be a picture you could paint and put on a wall. Don't tempt me with a good time because next time I might actually be a little better prepared. I got a robe upstairs too. It's not sad. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was... A kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Well, I did get to sit back and enjoy what has been an amazing week from Extreme Rules Sunday, finding out the Royal Rumble is going to be in St. Louis, which was huge news, to Monday Night Raw. Big E, Bobby Lashley, not once but twice, both matches, as you would say, banger. A Riddle, who's our guest coming up in a few minutes, AJ Styles, banger. Sheamus, Damian Priest, no disqualification. They beat the holy hell out of one another. Banger, top to bottom, I thoroughly enjoyed what was Monday. I agree with you. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It felt big from start to finish. Uh, And I always judge the the quality of the shows to me, I judge personally by how long they felt. And you've been through some some doozies of Monday Night Raw. You've been in that three-hour seat, and sometimes you swear you're sitting there for nine hours. This one was not the case. This was one that you blink, and it's like, holy cow. We started off red hot, Big E versus Bobby Lashley, WWE Championship. The Hurt Business looks like it's back. Oh, and by the way, here comes the new day, and it's madness. And I'm telling you, the arena in Cincinnati was rocking. It was a really cool way to set the tone for the entire evening. And of course, things are going to ebb and flow over the course of three hours. But you start red hot, you end red hot. Big E and Bobby Lashley in the cage. Man, they could have done that all night. It could have been three hours of that battle between those two dudes, and I would have loved it. It was a great night. I'm glad you brought up the beginning of the show. It started with the championship match with all the chaos. This is my only nitpick of the whole night. And as soon as it happened, I thought about texting you, but I didn't. What in the hell was Byron talking about? All of a sudden, Hurt Business just shows up. And then New Day comes running down. And then Byron's like, Hurt Business, what are they doing out here? They should And then you're like, thank you. Dummy. New Day's the one who ran into the ring. And I'm sitting there going, Byron, no. What are you talking about? And I was like, Byron, come on. 
This is quit looking one way, Byron. You've worked with Byron as well, too. Byron Byron sees the entire world through rose-colored glasses. You know, we can't fault him. God love him. God bless him. But it was a big night on Monday Night Raw. It was awesome. Listen, let's be perfectly honest. Monday Night Raw is going to look very different this coming week. We are on the precipice of the draft. Tonight, yeah, of course, it's going to start to take shape. Night one begins tonight. Friday Night Smackdown on Fox. Night two, Monday Night Raw, USA Network, 8, 7 Central. Don't miss it because Monday Night Raw and SmackDown are going to look very, very different. And I don't know this, so don't get ahead of yourself. Don't say, oh, I can see it now. I'm going to be getting tweets. Corey Graves expects so-and-so. I don't have any more information than you do, Vic, or anybody listening to this podcast. I am just as in the dark regarding the draft as 99.9% of the people on the planet Earth. I am curious to see if anyone from NXT gets drafted. We've seen it in the past, particularly Finn Balor who just headlined Extreme Rules as the Demon with Roman Reigns. Going to see the fallout from that tonight. Balor made a big impact instantly, became the new Universal Champion as a draft pick from NXT. Looking across the landscape in NXT, from your perspective, Vic, because you're a little closer to it than I, is there anybody in NXT you could see? And this isn't a a prediction. This is just someone you're going, I think so-and-so is ready. I think just off of short-term process and where you could see somebody going, Braun Breaker could be gone this weekend from NXT 2.0 to Raw or SmackDown because the people that are making the decisions, whomever that is, network executive, coach, producer, th- that guy. Right. He's he's next. I agree. To your point, the, the network executives and different brands need different things. You need more stars on Monday because you have an extra hour of television. You need maybe bigger stars on Friday because it's a bigger network and more eyes are on it. There's a lot of different needs realistically that need addressed on Raw, on SmackDown. And to your point, a guy like Braun Breaker just had an unbelievable showing at the Combine. We've only seen him a handful of times on NXT. It feels as though he's you know, to use the old wrestling adage, greener than goose, you know what? Uh, he's brand new. But what we've seen, you, I, I find it hard to believe that these people making these decisions don't, can't look at him and go, there's something there. We got to, so, so do, you, do you leave him in AAA for a little bit longer? Do you leave him to, to, until you're ready for him? Or do you say, hey, no, no, we've got a, we got a number one first round draft pick right here. Well, I'm not saying in the first round, but, you know, for our purposes, I, get I wouldn't be shocked yeah. to see a, a Braun Breaker. The other one that stood, stood out to me, Raquel Gonzalez. Raquel Gonzalez is a game changer. She's physically dominant. She's very different than basically anyone we have on the roster on Raw or SmackDown. I could absolutely see Raquel Gonzalez being a valuable addition to Raw or SmackDown. I think Io Shirai would be valuable to either brand to change up uh, women's division, whether it's Raw, whether it's SmackDown. I think she's a phenomenal performer. She's gone toe-to-toe with Sasha Banks in the main event of Great American Bash. She's won every championship you can on NXT. So she would be valuable there. Kyle O'Reilly might uh, be a name that might shock some people if he was selected. So th- there are a few pieces that could move. But look, I'm biased. I don't want anyone to leave. If anything, I would not. like to of add something, if, but that's not the case. Oh, okay, so you let's, know? let's put on our fantasy hat. Everyone likes to speculate. Everyone likes to, to dream and imagine. We're doing a mock draft. Vic Joseph, you're the GM of Monday. Or I'm sorry, you're the GM of NXT 2.0. You can pick anybody. You've got the first overall pick, best case scenario, 
Who comes to NXT? Oh, I mean, if the answer's not Roman Reigns, you're wrong. I, that That is the number one pick on this planet, on any planet. That is the guy. That is who's drawing the eyes. That is the head of the table. He is on, as we've said it, at nauseum now. Best run of his career. You can ask Paul Heyman how many days he's been champion. Heyman would know down to the absolute second. Roman Reigns is the number one draft choice. He's probably the number two draft choice as well. That's who I'm picking if, I, if no, I'm the GM. You'll get absolutely zero disagreement from me on that assessment. The rules of the draft have varied over the years. And again, full disclosure, as of this very point in time, well, while we're recording this, I don't know what the rules are. It used to be three to two. I don't know if they're going to vary that. Three, or they're gonna champions change don't move. Right. Let's say yeah, champions don't move. So excluding Roman Reigns, excluding Biggie. Big e. Champions don't move. First name that pops into my head, Drew McIntyre. Drew okay. McIntyre is is a guy to me, and maybe just because I've had a chance to know him and 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 just appreciate him a little bit more. Drew McIntyre to me is a guy who comes in and raises the game. If I'm thinking for NXT 2.0, and no one leaves, I would love to see Drew McIntyre, Tommaso Ciampa. I would love to see Drew McIntyre, Braun Breaker. You know, the list goes on. I think Drew McIntyre would have some epic clashes with, and that's who my pick would be. It'd be Drew McIntyre if I can't take a champion. Fair enough. I, I, th- I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think it's an awesome draft pick. If I'm going to play the same game, but do it from the Monday Night Raw side of things, mm. champions off limits. Okay. I got to go with Brock. I'm telling you right now, Vic, there is a very real possibility that this Monday in Nashville, while I'm seated at the desk, when the announcement is made, if I see the beast Brock Lesnar is coming to Monday Night Raw, I may very well urinate on myself. So you're urinating on yourself. Pat's pooping on himself at Extreme Rules. What's going on with you guys? Incontinence. I, I wouldn't actually do that because I might be wearing these silk pajamas. Oh, and I would not want to damage the pajamas. Hey, listen, Vic, I'm telling you, you don't know this kind of kind of comfort, this kind of love. Actually, I'll tell you what. If they draft Brock to Monday Night Raw, Byron or Jimmy Smith may need to shake me to awake me from my relaxing slumber because I promise you, if I can get this cleared, as in get away with it without somebody noticing, I'm going to be the most comfy man on, you know, like Morrison's got the drip. Morrison's the most yeah. moist superstar, mo- moist sea. Everything's moisture. Everything's wetness. You I'm all about comfort. comfort. I'm all about comfort. You can and probably get away it. with the pants. Vic, I'm, I'm all or nothing, man. No, no, no. I mean, I, I think if, if you could get away with something, honestly, you'd probably get away with the pants on Monday. And nothing else? Like shirtless? Uh, you're crazy right now. No, you'd still wear your shirt and your leather jackets and stuff, but at least you can wear the pants. No one's going to see your legs. Try that first. Well, I'll see what I can get away with. You Maybe wearing boxers some... or briefs underneath there? Okay, that's too far, Vic Joseph. You've crossed a line. That means I no commando. longer want to discuss my comfort with you. Instead, I feel as though it is a, an appropriate, if not perfect, time to welcome our guest this week to After the Bell. Vic, we have finally reached that point in the show. It is time to welcome in our very special guest. He is one half of the Raw Tag Team Champions, 50% of RK Bro, the original bro, Riddle. Riddle, welcome to the show, man. How are you? I'm good, dude. Thanks for having me back on. It's been a minute, but uh, feels good. Feels good to be back. It's always fun, man. We had a blast last time you were on. Things have changed drastically for you. For us, for us as a WWE universe, as a country, as a world, we're, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Things are back to normal. Last time you were on the show, you had just joined the Friday Night SmackDown roster in the Thunderdome 
era, actually pre-Thunderdome, just PC era. Uh, now, I think we can all safely say, Riddle, you are finally an official, real WWE superstar. You're back on the road. Yeah, I mean, it feels good. I'll be honest, I kind of enjoyed the Thunderdome era, you know. The schedule <laughs> was pretty easy. I worked like one day a week, maybe twice if there was a pay-per-view. But uh, it's great to be back on the road. It's great to have fans back. And, you know, the, the one thing about the road is, like, yeah, it's great to be in front of fans and traveling like that, but it's all the in-between, the experiences, you know, get you know, getting wild and just having fun with your friends. You know, that's why, you know, I work so hard to be a professional wrestler, you know. Well, you talk about your friends being on Monday Night Raw. You get to uh, travel with one of your good friends, that being Damian Priest. You can throw Rhea Ripley in there as well. What is a typical post-show trip? For Riddle, because I know what Graves and I would do post-show after Raw, driving to Tuesdays back in the day. What is it for you? Uh, well, no, Monday nights usually are Friday nights, you know, so we get to cut <laughs> loose, let our, let our hairs down a little bit. Damian Priest always has some kind of funky braid and chain walled on, so he's always looking the part and always looking to go out. So uh, usually we go out, you know, we, we go to a local watering hole. You know, try to, you know, get some suds, get some beverages, you know, see what the local talent looks like. You know, you got to survey <laughs> the area. And then, uh, you know, usually we, we try not to get in too much trouble, but we usually have we have a lot of fun. You know, uh, the other day I actually mean uh, we went to Oklahoma City and I don't want to say anything bad about Oklahoma City. The crowd was amazing. Raw was amazing. But me and Damien went out that night and. Uh, I didn't have the greatest experience. Somebody took it upon themselves to steal my cellular device. And, oh, uh, no. It was, it was quite the trip back to the airport without a GPS or anything else. And uh, it, was, it was brutal. We had to stop at like eight gas stations to get direction. It's Oklahoma City, so there's not that much going on. And uh, so, yeah, so next time I go to Oklahoma City, probably not going to go out afterwards, just probably going to go to the hotel and play some games or something. <laughs> wow. But, uh, but usually, we, you know, we have a pretty good time. We, we get a little wild. So full disclosure, the morning of Oklahoma City, or I should say the morning after Monday Night Raw, it was about 4 a.m. and I was on my way to get my car to go back to the airport. And that is when I saw our new United States champion strut in the front door of the hotel, grinning from ear to ear. And I went, that's not a gimmick. Priest is living that. That is the real Damien Priest. I love that. It was authentic. He was smiling as wide as he possibly could, looking like a million bucks. And then I ran into you on the shuttle, sans phone. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you this, da Damien Priest, it doesn't matter where he's walking into a hotel lobby or a parking lot, that guy has quite a strut, you know? I mean, <laughs> he definitely enjoys being Damien Priest, that he is, in fact, Damien Priest. So that's fun. Now, me, I'm a little... I'm a little rougher around the edges. So when you found me at the airport, plus Damien had a later flight. I had to go. Right. You were solo on this one. <laughs> oh, it was. Yeah. And I, yeah. It, it was. It was a rough one. But uh, you know what? You know, you just got to dig deep, grind through. And, you know, that's that's how I made it. I made it to the airport. The question from me is how much time have you had to spend on the infamous bus of your tag team partner, Randy Orton. You guys discuss strategy. Does he at least let you on the bus to hang out and figure out what's going to go down? Or is that still, still off limits to riddle? Well, you know, lately he, he sends me pictures of him on the bus. Like, <laughs> so, so the other day I'm like, 
<laughs> you know, I'm like struggling, doing whatever I'm doing on the road. And then I get a message, it's after Ron, I get a message from Randy and it's a picture of like a full spread of sushi, like a king size bed, <laughs> you know, and uh, just an ice pack and everything. He just sent it, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm, you know, struggling, trying to pack my bags and get ready. I'm not on a bus. But Randy has offered to take me on the bus it's just that it hasn't worked out 100% yet. But <laughs> as of right now, I've probably spent more time on AJ Styles' bus just saying hi. Ah, you're a- consorting with the enemy, man. <laughs> well, this was, a different, this was a different time. This is Thunderdome era. You oh, know? Okay. <laughs> and he asked me to come on the bus to ask me a couple questions, you know. Play a couple games. I see what you got going there. Randy, Randy, I've seen Randy's bus. I've seen him get on the bus. I have not been in Randy's bus. It's kind of like Vince McMahon hugging me. I've seen Vince hug lots of people. Vince has yet to hug me, but I've seen it happen. You got to have a goal. I know it's a possibility. Like me getting on Randy's bus, possibility. A hug from Vince McMahon, a possibility. You know, so (laughs) these are all things I'm just waiting for today. May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Riddle, yours is a name that always pops up on all the wrestling news sites. You have a, a bit of a penchant for talking your way into a situation or two. What's been the hardest transition coming from the independence, from being you, being Riddle, keeping your authenticity, but now wearing this new hat as WWE superstar and, and representing a global brand? You know, I think that, I think you said it right there. I think my biggest problem is I talk a little too much trash, you know, <laughs> and it gets me... I wouldn't say it gets me in trouble, but it definitely gets me a stern look, you know? Uh, (laughs) Funny enough, the office doesn't really have a problem with it. You know, they think it's funny and people are talking and it develops drama and this and that. I would say I just, I hate the fact that I rub people the wrong way because that is not my intention. I just, I just talk trash. It's like, it's why I fought in the UFC. I talked too much trash, got in too many fights. And that's why I wrestle, you know, I like fighting people and I like to talk trash. I'm like, that's. It's what we get paid lots of money to do. So <laughs> right. like, I mean, that's I kind of the, that's the job description, yeah. literally, <laughs> to, be, literally to be a superstar. Just, Talk trash, beat people up. You got it. And, and make people care about it, you know? So, like, when I do talk trash, I tend to say things that, you know, people are like, oh, no, he just said that. He's like, no, don't give him that reaction, you know? But at the end of the day, I feel like, especially representing WWE and being part of a bigger bigger thing and not just representing myself as an independent on the independent scene. I have to think globally, not locally, (laughs) you know? So I got to think about top guys when I start talking trash, especially if I'm not in storylines with them or anything like that, because it does rub them the wrong way. And I can say that for a fact. (laughs) People aren't happy, but for, for the most part, when people get to know me, 
It's the same thing with Randy. Randy, before he knew me, didn't like me. But once Randy got to know me, he likes me. I'm pretty sure Goldberg, he gave me a hug the other day at SummerSlam. You know, there was a time where that guy wanted Oof. to rip my head off. And, <laughs> and you know, you, you earn a certain level of respect, you know. And I think that's what I had to do with some of the other people I've talked some trash about. And hopefully I can, you know, turn them into believers, you know, I just, you know, I don't want to make anybody upset. That's all I'm saying. Mending fences one day at a time. That's, that's noble of you, Riddle. Very noble. But, and then like, but like, (laughs) I don't want to go into too many details, but I talked trash recently and I messaged this person. They're like, my bad, basically. And he kind of let me have it. (laughs) Like, called me. (laughs) And I was like, I'll do my best <laughs> not to do it again. But it's like, I, like I said, I don't know what to do. I just, it's just, it's in me. So let but, me ask hey, you this. But, yeah, so go you, ahead. Your go partner, ahead. your partner, Randy had a bit of a reputation in the past. It's been pretty well documented. He he's had his struggles, uh, getting along, going with the flow in the past. Randy now a little more mature, a different superstar, different human being, to be perfectly honest. What has Randy helped teach you since you guys have been working together and spending so much time together? Well, Randy's taught me a whole bunch. I will say this, though, about that message I sent. I had Randy help me write it, and I probably <laughs> shouldn't have. I should have just wrote it myself. Randy didn't help me out at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm never going to ask Randy to write an apology for me again. I, I'm, I'm going to get us totally sidetracked, but it just spawned another thought regarding Randy. So a few a few months ago, having Randy write your messages for you might not be the, the greatest idea. Uh, when it comes to social media, I, I had... Uh, left my charger in the locker room and Randy had used it and I came back after the show and I needed my charger. So I unplugged his device that was plugged in, set it right where it was, but taking the charger, Randy had sent me a message on Twitter, a DM very kind and said, Hey, thank you for letting me use your charger. I gently placed it wherever where I found it, et cetera, et cetera. But I read this at about four o'clock in the morning as I was getting up to go to the airport. And you know how you glance at something, you don't necessarily see all the context. And the way I read it, I went, oh man, Randy's pissed at me. Randy's mad that I took my charger back. And and I, so I see Kofi Kingston in the airport and I go, Kofi, I need Randy's number. I send Randy this apology. Like, dude, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be rude. I didn't mean to offend you. And he responds back, why are you apologizing to me? So I go back and I read the message that he initially sent. And in no way was he upset or pissed off. It was just me reading it incorrectly. And then we had ourselves a good laugh and realized there was no issue there. But that fear was real. For about two hours, I'm going, oh man, I just pissed Randy Orton off and he's going to hate me now. And we've just gotten, we've got a cool rapport right now. I don't want to screw that up. (laughs) I get, dude, Randy's one of those guys where he's super cool, but I feel like certain things rub him the wrong way. You know, like, I don't know. It's Randy, you know? So yeah, I I get it. And, you know, I try to stay on my toes around Randy, you know, I don't get too crazy, but yeah, Randy over, over the time we've been working together, he's taught me so much, bro. It's like just working with him, the way he moves in the ring and just, and I think that for me being from the Indies, you know, you, you have a faster work rate you're just trying to get everything in. You're only given a certain amount of time and you're trying to do everything you can do. Well, instead of making the most of what you're doing, you know, so working with Randy, I feel like instead of like killing myself, which I still do, but I think I'm getting the most out of, you know, doing what I do now. And uh, that's probably the biggest thing I've learned with Randy. And, you know, Randy's demeanor, it's, 
It's something you got to see in person. He, the guy has like kind of like Goldberg. Randy has like an aura, you know, like for sure, for sure. Talks, his show, kind of like Damian Priest. He has like the dude just has an aura. Like people have auras. I don't know what my aura is. I don't know if I have one, but <laughs> he's got one. Like like, but it's just one of those things. And I don't know if that's something you can pick up, but it's something I acknowledge, and it's something I've been watching with these top guys. They have kind of this presence with them, you know. I don't know. If I can learn that, or you know, or if it, just like, absorb it by osmosis. Yeah, I, I, just I, hang I, around. Yeah, I'll stand around Randy long enough. Soon enough, I'll be as cool as Randy. <laughs> you got a, you got an authenticity about you, though, Riddle. You got a real authenticity. I think that a lot of people pick up on. And I want to ask you about that, Riddle, because you were very open about that when you first came to WWE. I think we actually maybe even talked about it on on ATB last time, was how you were very public and honest about how you were intent on doing things your way. And I know there's this misconception outside of the WWE bubble that, oh, when you show up there, they're going to change you. They're going to do things their way, and you're going to do what they want, how they want, and that's it, period. To the best of my knowledge, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head who is as much themselves when they walked in the door of WWE till today as you, what do you credit that to being able to be you? I think the reason I can still be mostly me a hundred percent is because I'm very flexible and on certain things I won't budge. And on a lot of things I do budge, you know? So like, and you know, it's a lot with WWE, it's a lot of give and take. And for me, I think one of my biggest strengths here is how well I work with other people, especially in the back. It's just I'm doing the right things. I'm saying you know right when to turn it on and off. Yes, and and I'm very flexible. You know, I feel like one of the main reasons I get to wrestle barefoot and I get to keep my last name and I get to do all this stuff and they don't want to change stuff about me is because I am authentic. It's different. It's new. And trust me, yes, WWE is a huge company, a corporation. So yes, they might want to change a couple things to cater to a worldwide audience. But also, if you show them what you are and how authentic you are, how creative you are, how charismatic you can be, or your comedic timing, if you can show them your strengths in the stuff they give you, they're going to start to excel with that. They're going to start pushing that. And for me, I think one of the biggest things for me, like I said, like I go out and I try to go out with the other wrestlers because I want to build a relationship with them. I want them to get to know me more. So when they do anything, it's like, oh, I can see Riddle saying that. I remember the other night when we were out and he said this. So like we built, it's not just like a friendship, but like it, it's like uh, understanding kind of like how I'm trying to pick up Randy or somebody's aura. I feel like by me being around them, they can pick up the gist of what I do and how I act. And at first, they didn't get it. Nobody got it. Vince didn't get it. He was like, you're a goof. And I'm like, well, I'm a goof. They can like kick your ass, dude. Like, <laughs> I know I'm goofy, but like when I get in that ring, I turn it up. And at first they didn't see it, but now I think they see like the in-ring ability with the entertainment side of it. And, and for me, I look at it like this too, because people always kind of go, well, do you like being so goofy on TV? And I go, yeah, I do. Because every other wrestler out there is, well, I'm coming for you in that belt. And they're all so serious. So, yeah. And you know what? There'll probably be a time where they're going to ask me to be serious. And I can be serious, too. I just like the range I'm going to be able to have because I got to do this at the very beginning. And probably by the end of my career, I'm going to be able to be very serious. And the fans and the audience and everybody I work with will be able to see the range of emotions and characters I can play. 
I think one of the great things about you, Riddle, I'm just speaking as a fan, is I knew you on the indies. I got to work with you in NXT. I got to see your personality on buses, the whole nine. You go to SmackDown, you go to Raw, and I sit back away from the product of Raw and SmackDown. My ability to feel your emotion because of how you are selling what's happening in the ring, whether it's a slam, a punch, a kick, or a crowd reaction. So hats off to you with that, because that's very hard, I think, for a lot of individuals to really grasp from outside the box. That's honestly my favorite part about wrestling is looking into people's eyes in the crowd and just selling or giving them emotion. Or when I was watching the tag team turmoil and that Kofi does that backsplash on Metalik and crushes them. And we're just like this, you know, and the crowd reacts with us. It's for me that that's why I do this. You know, there's one thing I couldn't do when I fought in the UFC because you had to, you know, you're in there, you're on timed rounds and you can't like waste any time. Every movement's a hundred percent. And only a couple of times was I able to G up a crowd during a fight. And it was epic. You know, like I'd start swinging. Oh, hey, I didn't think. But but now in WWE, I get to do that on almost every motion, every movement. And to connect with the crowd like that is just the most amazing thing ever. You know, let me ask you that. Does that work or did you feel that that worked when you were able to fire up the crowd in a fight? It's a different environment. Oh, yeah, because nobody fires up a crowd during the fight. Most of the time, they're just fighting, trying to win, do the thing, which is what you're supposed to do. But that's why why guys like Diaz and others are so popular because they'll be in there taunting their fighter. It's like they're doing wrestling taunts during a UFC fight, and the crowd goes, like, Nick Diaz laid down while fighting Anderson Silva. He did did that, and people went, there wasn't a kick. It wasn't a combo. It wasn't anything. And it was probably the most gift thing from that fight. And, and the Diaz, the Diaz bros were kind of revolutionary when it came to that, to really be in characters mid fight, you know, the Stockton slap and, and uh, talking smack in the middle of a fight. That was kind of, nobody was really doing that to the level that Diaz boys were. I think too, is I think at the beginning of mixed martial arts and why they were so good and so innovative is, you know, most of these martial arts come in, you, you do the martial arts. It's, it's a kind of a very respectful thing. You know, you kind of respect one another, but when the Diaz brothers got in there, they respect everybody. They do. I've talked to them. They're nice guys. But at the end of the day in that cage, it's a fight it's for money and you're taking something from them. So it gets a little different. And, a lot of people, like for me, when I fought, I had a hard time with trash talk because I was like, "Yo, man, I like cut weight. I sacrificed my life for this, and you're gonna do, you're gonna disrespect me." Like, and you're like, "What?" And then, like, I got I'd get worked up, and probably by the end of my MMA career, I stopped getting so worked up because I was like, "Oh, we're just selling tickets." You right, know? right. What What are your thoughts on on the current landscape of sort of the fight world beyond WWE? You've got all the you've got your Triller, you've got all these different fight organizations. You've got celebrities boxing. You know, Evander Holyfield just came back. It's kind of a wild world right now as far as the the boxing MMA crossover world. What are your thoughts on all that? You know, I say. One thing that kind of stinks about everything, I think it's great in one aspect, but it kind of stinks for up-and-coming fighters because now there's just so much going on, but the focus isn't on, like, up-and-coming stars. It's more focused on more trash-talking celebrities, older fighters that shouldn't probably be fighting, or at least if they are fighting, fighting somebody their own age, you know? But at the same time, I love it, you know, and people can go out and make money fighting or do this or do that and they can sell tickets and we can get more eyes on combat sports. I'm entertained, you know, and I like Triller, you know, I like what they've done. And 
I can't argue because you got guys like Ben Asker and Tyrone Woodley who are two of the best mixed martial artists in the world, and maybe they lost the boxing match, but both of them left with the biggest paydays of their life. Exactly. Exactly. So, and at the end of the day, you know, and we all do it. We wouldn't get into it. You can't wrestle. You can't do this or fight if you don't love it. But at the end of the day, when you're sore and you're broken, you want something to show for it. And now they have something to show for it because of Triller. You know, unfortunately, and no, I don't want to talk too much trash about the UFC. I just wish they paid their fighters a little more. They make tons of money and they, they possibly could. Like, hey, I work in WWE. They pay me tons of money. It's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to get your thoughts piggybacking off of Graves on uh, Logan and Jake Paul because they really have opened doors for everything you guys have talked about. Yeah, you know, I actually did a little interview with uh, not Jake, but Logan Paul the other day. He seems like a nice guy. I mean, he definitely has a he has a toot on him. You know, he's got a little attitude, and so does his brother Jake. But that's to be expected when you're in a position that they're in. Uh, honestly, they're really good at what they do. They they make people talk. They get the views. People are buying the events. They're making money. Like I said, they made more money for Askren and Woodley on losses, and they either one of them made their entire lives. And I would say this: I don't like the amount of disrespect because I know it's contagious, and now fans and other people are going to be that disrespectful as well. But at the same time, when, it, when you're looking at it as a business model, dude. They're playing everybody perfectly and they're making money hand over foot and they're they're smart. Like we can all say, oh, look at stupid, they're buying this jewelry, this, that, oh, they did this, whatever. Dude, they're rich, they're making great moves, they're always the talk of the town, and that's that, you know. So I can't really t- like I want it's like Conor McGregor. It's like I want to talk trash on him sometimes, but it's like guy's really good and he's got his whiskey and he's just so good at marketing himself and his like everything's just so good at that aspect. I can't what can I do? I wish I was that good at that stuff, you know. But at the end of the day, that's what makes them them and makes me me, you know. But yeah, hats off to him, you know. I mean, but I'd say this, Jake Paul, if he ever wanted to fight. You know, and it was down the road. I'm more than happy to show up. You know, I'm not the best boxer, so you maybe you got this. <laughs> you, yeah. you, you're thinking about you're thinking about the bank account after the fight, yeah. right? <laughs>I want to ask you something that Vic is extremely familiar with. Uh, somewhere you spent a lot of time, NXT. We've seen recently the re-debut of NXT 2.0. Have you been able to get eyes on that yet? I have. I have. You know, I, I kind of like it. You know, a lot of colors. I like the colorfulness. <laughs> I don't know about the 2.0. I don't think I don't think they needed the 2.0, but hey. I get it. We're, we're, we evolved to the next level of NXT. It's 2.0. But, you know, I like it. I feel like right now they're doing a great job of catering and pushing newer talent, you know, instead of kind of getting guys with huge uh, independent reputations and then just putting them in the forefront. So I feel like this is – it's really good. They're building stars, you know. And I feel the other thing that they're doing really well is they're really making women – like the forefront of the show a lot of the time you know i think i saw this week's advertisement and you know it was mostly just the women and all the matches they were showing and everything else and it was great presentation it was awesome and i know people have mentioned like an all women's wrestling league so but like if they're doing like what they're doing with nxt now and making women like all 50 percent of the show and making it a big deal like 
I think it's really good. And I think it's a different look and I've been, I've been highly entertained. Well, there's nothing better than being entertained by Riddle, but I have one specific person that really has jumped off the screen for Graves and a lot of individuals, Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude's a house. The guy's, the guy's pretty stacked, you know? I mean, right now, he, he, he reminds me of a younger Goldberg. You know, he, I feel like him on the mic, he's very short, very intense in the ring. You know, he's he's not doing a lot of dips and dives, but he definitely gets the job done. He's the guy's the guy's a ball of muscle. That's all I can say. I, I mean, and like and when I think of like breakout stars, when I think of up and coming like future guys, and I see that guy, I think like, yeah, that guy in like three years could be fighting for the world championship. He looks the part. Now, only time will tell. But honestly, from what I've seen and gathering from what you've seen, he's going to have a pretty bright future. Braun Breaker has already uh, made it known. He has championship gold intentions. And you talk about intense, man, that guy embodies intensity. Whew. Yeah, I, I can't I can't get that intense. I just can't, you know, I just can't do it. <laughs> well, Riddle, we, we are uh, a matter of hours by the time this airs away from the first night of the WWE draft. Now, I don't have the rules in front of me at this very moment, and chances are between this point in time and the time we go on the air Friday night, the rules may vary because no two drafts have been exactly alike. I'm pretty sure you and Randy are safe on Monday Night Raw, but hypothetically speaking, best case scenario, Riddle looks at the landscape, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, tag teams all over the place. If RK Bro lands on one brand, where is it, and who do you step in the ring with? Okay, well, I want to stay on Raw. I love Monday nights. I love Monday Night Raw. I love the three-hour show. I know some people don't. I do. I, I get I get time to wrestle. I get time to talk. I get time to have fun. So me and Randy, I want to stay on Monday Night Raw. If anybody's listening or watching that has any control over this, please let me see. <laughs> They're telling everybody, and everybody's like, oh, you're going to SmackDown. <laughs> I'm like, no. Now that SmackDown's bad. It's just a two-hour show, you know? Now, when we look at competition, the, the landscape, there's a lot of good teams, especially, you know, we got NXT. Also, this past Monday, I felt like there was a reunion between the Hurt Business. Yeah, it seems that way. Former tag team champions, and Shelton and Cedric are not an easy match. So, so right now, honestly, if I had to pick a random team, I would have to go with MSK from NXT, though. You know, I like those guys. They're high flyers. And I think a match between with RK Bro and them would be fireworks. You know, and I also think, you know, me and Randy are a little bigger than those guys. Do <laughs> some, some sweet tags. He's, he's picking a challenge, just not too big of a challenge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you know, you know what it is? I've been wrestling AJ and almost, you know, and when you get in the ring with Omos, it's just like, oh, man, I, my offense doesn't work. You you know firsthand better than anybody how truly massive Omos is. I, you could see him on TV, and he looks enormous. But until you stand beside him, as, and I can only imagine trying to fight him, it, that's, like, that's like something out of a comic book. You know what we do. And working with him, it's pretty brutal. <laughs> he, <laughs> <laughs> He's so big, and he's uh, still very, you know, he's he just gotten to pro wrestling, you know, and he's on the biggest stage. And almost 
is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. But if you cross him, he's also one of the biggest guys you'll ever meet. And he can literally crush. He makes a mistake, he'll crush you. <laughs> he can hurt you by accident. Yeah, like if he like just, like in the locker room, if he falls over, it's over, you know? <laughs> he, he, he's definitely, he, he's a big dude, uh, but uh, in dangerous. But yeah, it's it's one of those matchups where it's just like, ooh, tonight's going to be a rough night, you know? But yeah, he's he's big. He's big. Right on. Well, Riddle, I personally hope that you stay on Monday Night Raw. To the best of my knowledge, I don't think I can be drafted. It is fun. I'm enjoying the the dichotomy of RK, bro, and watching you guys both grow. It's it's refreshing. H- have you had any feedback either from Randy or anybody surrounding Randy who are complimentary of sort of shedding light on a new side of Randy? We're seeing a different Randy Orton than we have. It's just a new layer, and it's after all these years and everything Randy's accomplished – to be able to see him in a new light with a, a fresh coat of paint, to use the old adage. Mm-hmm. What has that meant to you? And is that something you guys have discussed? It's something we have discussed. Randy, I think Randy, he likes it, you know, because he's even said, like, he also knows he can't get, like, too goofy like me, you know, because he's still Randy Gordon. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he likes how he can let his hair down a little bit, get a little funnier. And he, he likes how he... I feel like when we talk, he just hits me with like the one-liners and, you know, and I'm just either so happy or like, what, you know, and he was like zipping up my mouth and all this stuff. So I think for Randy, he enjoys just doing something different, you know, and I think the fans really enjoy Randy Orton doing something a little different. You know, at the end of the day, we're going to show up, we're going to wrestle, right? But if we can tweak our characters or show you a different side of our characters so you can get to know us a little better it makes it that much more of an experience, you know? And I think Brandy appreciates it. I know I do not only to be tagging with him, but to even be able to have like a slight character change and transition with him makes me, it makes me extremely happy. Well, I know Vic and I are enjoying everything you guys are doing. The WWE universe seems to be enjoying RK bro greatly. I'm going to leave you with a little bit of advice. You haven't made it onto Randy's bus just yet, but the theme of today has been comfort. I have gone out of my way to be as lazy as possible for the last 48 hours, so much so that I am currently still wearing satin pajamas. I'm going to suggest that perhaps if you buy Randy satin pajamas, it may put him in a mood such that he will invite you gladly wherever he is onto the bus into a fancy day. I'm telling you, I have never felt better than I have for these last two days. He's like 6'6". That's a lot of satin. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. I mean, I'll, I'll check my bank account. See Maybe you got to fight one of the Paul brothers. Yeah. And if if yeah. you win, you can buy Randy some satin PJs. I'll buy it. If I fight one of the Paul brothers, I'll give him two sets. <laughs> Little Fair hologram enough. Viper on the back really make oh, it personalized. Dude. Oh, dude, all day. That's actually a great idea. We should get hologram Vipers. I should. Do, I got to figure out a way. If y'all show up on Monday in satin pajamas, you're welcome. I'm just saying it's not a bad way to live. You know what? Maybe I will do that. We'll get we'll get some pajamas. We got headphones, you know. So that's you know, true. I, I get them some headphones. Maybe some pajamas are next on the docket. Viper know? skin satin. Come Oof. on, man, sign me up. Tell me, tell me, Riddle, how much? How just think about it. Just lounging in your place on the couch with your head where it needs to be in satin viper pajamas. I'll be honest. I don't think I've ever been that cool. (laughs) (laughs) 
I want to feel that cool. I'm going to look for them. I'm going to have to look for them because I want to feel them. I, I, I think, I, trust me, speaking from experience, it's the first time, first pair I've ever owned, but in two days, I have never felt better. I think everyone walking the planet Earth should know this sort of comfort and pleasure. Wow. You sold me. There you it is. Sold, I'm there. <laughs> I'll shoot you a link. I'll text you the link. Definitely. <laughs> Riddle, good luck to you, man. Wherever you end up, you are always welcome here on ATB. It's been a blast as always. Uh, any final parting words? Hey, not really. You know, I said all I had to say. But, uh, hey, but thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. And I uh, can't wait to see you on Monday. Are you going to be at SmackDown, too? Uh, I mean, I hope not, because that means I'm yeah. going to take an extra flight just in case <laughs> I get drafted. But stranger yeah. things have happened, you know? Yeah. Okay, I'll be there. I'll all right, man. I'll, I'll <laughs> see you later. <laughs> all right, dude, later. See you, dude. There you have it, Vic. Riddle wants to stay on Monday Night Raw. I hope he stays. I'm enjoying everything that the dude does. I mean, he's he's great to get to know. He's a great follow on social media. The one thing you cannot say about Riddle enough, he is so very authentic. It is his true self. He's not a gimmick. He's not a persona. He is who he is. Love him or hate him. I love him, and I'm going to love him even more if somehow, some way, he and the Viper show up on Monday Night Raw in snakeskin satin pajamas. It's the only way to live. And Vic, I may stay in these satin pajamas all week long because we're oh, going to do something no. fun next week. Don't, what do you mean, please don't? What, what are you, I, my mother? No, you get, get some other satin pajamas. You can't wear the same pajamas. I can pair order more. You, you want to bet? I'll wear the same ones. Maybe I'll order three or four more pairs. Maybe by the time we go on the air next week, I'll have six different pairs. It's oh, I got to send you possible. my address right now, actually, so you can send me a pair. Okay, I'll be on that. But make sure you are wearing your new satin pajamas when you catch up on Fall Brawl 1995. We're going to break it down. We, Rewatch it this week. We're going to take some notes. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, and just revisit a WCW pay-per-view that's kind of been lost in the shuffle over the years. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You can check it out right here on After the Bell. Until then, you can follow us at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find him at Vic Joseph WWE. Listen for F-R-E-E free on Spotify. Just search after the bell and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. I'll be back next week. We will be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, more satin, satin pajamas, and more WWE after, after the, the bell. bell. Oh, I do it like this. A-M-S-R, A-S-M-R, whatever the kids do. After the bell satin pajamas. I'm Corey Graves. Good night, everybody.